Now stand to your feet. We're going to get into the Word today. Wow, that was fun. Turn with me to the book of James. Whoo, it is a good book. It's a challenging book. Get challenged every time I read it. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Let's read James chapter 1 and verse 12. Reading out of the New King James Version. Verse 12. Blessed is the man who endures temptation, for when he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life which the Lord has promised to those who love him. Let no one say when he is tempted, I am tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he himself tempt anyone. But each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed. Then when desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is full grown, brings forth death. Do not be deceived, my beloved brethren. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. And let's read verse 18 before we play that video. Oh, we're going to pray first, but verse 18. Of his own will he brought us forth by the word of truth that we might be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. Let's pray. Let's pray. Father, we thank you today for your word is a lamp unto our feet and a light upon our path. I thank you, God, that you breathe life into us through your word. I thank you, God, that you bring correction to the weak places, Lord, and you shore up those already strong ones even with another layer. And we thank you, God, for what you're going to do today. Come on, place your hand on your heart and ask the Lord to speak to you today. God, we don't just want to fulfill a religious obligation. We want to be touched by you. We want to worship you. We want to be more like you. And so, God, speak to us today. Make us more like you in the name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen. Go ahead. You may be seated. Praise the Lord. I love that video because isn't it just like the devil to tempt us with something just so we can get fried to a crisp and end up in a trash can? You know, that, that, that seems to be the message of the world today is, is try and go after something that we would hope would bring immediate satisfaction, immediate gratification and in fact, I saw a commercial, I think it was like a shampoo commercial or something, which is wild. But it, at, the, at the end of it, it was, there was like a catch line that said, uh, it said, indulge yourself. And that's like a shampoo commercial. You know what I'm saying? Like, maybe chocolate or something. Not shampoo, you know, something I'm eating. I mean, anyway, but that seems to be like the message that we see everywhere now. If you just try it, if you go ahead and just do it, you're going to experience satisfaction. 
And the truth is that true satisfaction comes through God and through God alone. But the, the world and the, really the enemy tries to paint us a picture that we can get satisfaction by going a different way other than God's way. And that is not the truth. The truth is, is that true satisfaction comes from following the Lord. And, and that route that God brings us through, man, it, it, is, it is sometimes, you know, it can be a, a test for us. But the Lord brings us to a place of satisfaction in Him. And that is totally contrary to the message of the world. I, I am so amazed by, by people who say, oh, just, just go ahead and try it. It, you know, it, no one will know. No one will find out. It's, it's not really that big of a deal. It won't really affect you. Now, just think if I was to take that stance with a tub of ice cream in my freezer. It won't really affect you. No, I, there would be two of me standing up here today. Because I really like ice cream. The chocolate peanut butter one, you know, just praise Jesus. Hallelujah. Let's close in prayer. No. <laughs> Let's take a look at the text today. In verse 12, it says, Blessed is the man who endures temptation, for when he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to those who love him. Now, we weren't able to get notes out to you today. Uh, forgive me for that. It is uh, not a normal thing that I, I got to get in the groove of that. So Pastor Daniel's got the, got the, he's got the groove. So forgive me today. You're going to have to go old-fashioned with your own piece of paper. <laughs> And your own pen. Praise the God. All right. Blessed is the man who when he endures temptation, for when he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to those who love. I love the first part of that because it's encouraging. It says, blessed is the man who endures temptation. Blessed is the man who endures, which means it's actually possible to endure temptation. That we can walk in blessing because we actually can endure any temptation that might come our way. The first thing I want to look at today here in this passage is God, want, uh, God wants to bless us with a crown of life. And who will receive the crown of life? That is the question. Who will receive the crown of life? Well, it's those that are approved. What does it mean to be approved? Well, the Greek word... That means, approved's Greek word is dokimas, which means to be accepted. And this, this Greek word sometimes um, is, is kind of thrown back and forth, but this word is a powerful word in the Greek and, and really speaks volumes. In, the, uh, in earlier times, in Athens, there was uh, people who would make currency, not the kind of currency that we have today. We have paper money and we have coins as well. But they only had, they only had metal currency. It was, it was coins. And so what the, the people who made the coins would do is they would melt the metal. They would pour it into molds. They would pop it out and they'd wait for it to cool down. And then they would shave off the, the sharp edges. Well, what people were doing is they were getting a little zealous with their shaving down the sharp edges and actually would create counterfeits and would keep on shaving to get some of the metal to make more coins. And in fact, it would be a lighter coin that they would send out into circulation. In one century, they created 80 different laws in Athens just to stop people from doing this. Well, there was a group of men who rose up who were very uh, honorable. They were full of integrity. 
And they, they said that we are not going to make counterfeit coins. We're only going to make the real deal. We're only going to make ones that are their proper weight. They look the right way. They're going to be the right way. They were integral. They were people that said that we will not compromise. We will walk in that way. These people were called dokimos, the same Greek word that is used there. And this points to us as Christians how we should be to the world, that people can count on us, that we're not a counterfeit. They're not, we're not people that are just pretending that we look like the real deal. No, we are the real deal. We are the dokimas of the world. Amen? Amen. Those that are approved, that's what that word means. There should be a distinguishing between us in our lives and those who are not followers of Jesus. People should be able to look at your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. People should be able to look at your life and tell that you are a Christian. People should see how you act and say, wow, there's something different about that person. What is it that's different about that person? Well, it's because we follow Jesus. Those who have been approved will receive a crown of life which the Lord has promised to those who love him. Who are those that love Jesus? That's the question. Who are the ones that love Jesus? Who is it that loves Jesus? Well, Jesus, he gave a distinguishing, uh, distinguishing scripture for us, for those who love Jesus. And it's found in John 14, verse 15. It says, if you love me, keep my, if you love me, keep my commands. We're able to distinguish someone who is a follower of Jesus by whether or not they follow Jesus. <laughs> and it's not something that's a burden. See, we all know that we don't live by works. We live by faith. But there comes out of that faith works. See, when you receive Jesus, something happens to you. There's transformation. No longer do you live according to yourself and unto yourself, but you live unto God. And what takes place in your life when you receive salvation, faith is inside of you and you are living by faith. But out of that faith comes an expression of works. Out of that faith comes good deeds. Out of that faith comes generosity. Out of that faith comes a proper speech. Out of that faith comes a good-willed person. People say, no, no, that's works. No, I'll tell you what. When you work on demand, that's a work that's burdensome. That's you carrying some man's cross instead of carrying your cross for Jesus. It's not a burden to live for Jesus. It's a joy for Jesus. Because out of that faith comes an expression. We got to have that expression. There has to be a difference. That is the distinguishing factor between those who love Jesus and those who don't. And they will receive the crown of life. The second thing I see in this passage is that the enemy is the tempter. In verse 13. Let no one say, when he is tempted, I am tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he himself tempt anyone. The word tempted here is, is, is a suggesting thing as a solicitation to evil. God never solicits evil to you. When I was in Vegas, uh, I went to Las Vegas. I don't suggest it. Um, but I went for a wedding. I was in a, a wedding for my best friend. I was his best man. And I went to Vegas, and, and uh, I, you know, it's not hard to notice, but I noticed something very interesting. As you walk down the roads there, there are these men and women who are flicking these pieces of paper that look like baseball cards. Well, it's not a baseball player on there. Um, they do something different. 
on the card. It's, it's actually a pornographic image. And they're flicking these cards trying to get your attention so they can hand it to you. They are soliciting evil. They're trying to give you evil. I mean, you got to be careful in Vegas, man. You can't look anywhere. you got to walk down with a blindfold just not to be defiled. I mean, honestly, that's just how it is. You look up on the billboard, and there's something. You look up on the screen, and there's a, there's a half-naked lady promoting a, a show. You look down on the ground, and there's all those cards. You look to the left. There's a newspaper stand that isn't newspapers. It's magazines. You look to the right, and you're like, oh, my, where can I look? Sweetheart, just lead me through the city. Just, <laughs> you can't look anywhere. But this word tempted here, it's a suggesting of solicitation to evil. And, the, and this is the context of where this word tempted is used here in this passage. The same word is used many times in scripture, and it's used in different contexts, and it has different meaning. Even with Abraham, some would say, well, Abraham was tempted. No, Abraham was tested. There's a difference between tempting and testing. And Jesus... He did some testing. In John 6, you can go and read it another time. In John 6, but you know the passage, Jesus is, is going to feed the multitude. And he, he, he's hanging out with the disciples. And the multitude comes up to him. And, and, and Jesus looks at Philip and says, hey, can you go to town and get a bunch of food for these people? And, and the reason he said that, would you pull up verse 6, Jeff? The reason he said that is because he was going to test Philip to see what he might say. It says, but let him ask in faith. Not doubting, sorry, not, not verse 6 of, of James. Go to John chapter 6 and verse 6. There it is. But this he said, now this is John talking, but this he said to test him, speaking of Jesus. For he himself knew what, was, what he was going to do. Jesus already knew what Philip was going to do. He was giving him a test. He was not soliciting evil. He was not trying to cause him to stumble. He was trying to push him on into maturity in God. Let him respond with faith. God does not solicit you to evil. God doesn't tempt us to evil. God tests us to challenge us to maturity in him. Satan tempts us, though. <laughs> Satan tempts us to bring out the bad. But God tests us to bring out the good. That's worth writing down. I'll say it again. Satan tempts us to bring out the bad, but God tests us to bring out the good. The third thing I see in this passage found in verse 14 is that our desires allow us to be tempted. But each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires. By his own desires. By his own desires and enticed. See, inside of us, every single one of us, there is a need for fulfillment. God has placed that on the inside of us. Really, actually, it was something that was taken from us in the garden. But there is that need for fulfillment where, where we, we want to be completely satisfied. We want to have complete fulfillment. And on the inside of us, that, that thing is there, and the devil comes to try and exploit that. The devil wants to come and play on that in your life. He did it with Eve in the garden. When he was, when he was standing there, what did he tell Eve? He said, oh, you know, God doesn't want you. He doesn't want you to be like him. That's the reason he doesn't want you to eat the fruit, the, 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 the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. He just doesn't want you to be like him. He doesn't want you to experience the satisfaction of being like him. So what you need to do is just take this and eat it. And we know the rest of the story. Satan did the same thing with Jesus. 
when he was in the, the desert, he tempted him. And what did he say? Oh, Jesus, you don't need to go to the cross. You don't need to pay the price that you're going to pay so that you can have the power. I'll give you the power right now. If you'll just bow down to me, all you have to do is bow down to me and I'll give you everything that you would get on the cross. Eh. No, Jesus knew better. He said, I rebuke you. Thou shalt not tempt the Lord your God. Jesus knew what was up. And the truth is, is that Satan tries to tempt every single one of us in this place. He tries the same act on you and I. Different people in different ways. That is what the enemy is wanting to do. He's trying to tell you that there's immediate satisfaction. If you would just chase the carrot, you're going to get the carrot. I was on Instagram the other, the other week, and I'm going to be transparent if that's okay. Okay. Pastor Daniel does it, so hey, why not? <laughs> I was on Instagram the other day, the other week, and I was, uh, I was actually looking at some pictures. You can go and search pictures for, for different um, topics and different things. I was looking actually for a, a city that I'm going to be visiting on vacation with my family. And uh, I, I was looking, I wanted to look at pictures because you can find new things to do and, and, and go and see and see what it's like and you can see what you're going to experience if you go there. Well, as I was scrolling down, I came across a pornographic image. Well, I immediately shut off my phone, turned that off. Um, and I just want to let you know, your children who have Instagram have access to that. You know, they do screening and different things like that, but they don't catch it all. So I immediately shut off my phone. And I, uh, my wife was sitting right there, and guess what I did? I told her right away. Because I, you know, 11 years ago, uh, rather 11 plus years ago, I used to struggle with pornography, and I've been free for over 11 years. And I'm not going back. I'm not going back. And so I shut off the, I shut off the phone. I told my wife this is exactly what happened. And I deleted the app. Now, why would I delete the app? Because I understand something. There's something built on the inside of me that I know that I've seen that thing. I don't want that image. I'm going to take captive every thought and make it obedient to the word of God. I'm going to do that. I know that's exactly what I need to do. But I deleted the app. Why? Because I know Satan would try and play on the desire that I have for my wife and try and get that desire to go onto an empty image on a screen. And if I delete that app, he has no way for him to do that to me. See, some of you guys have no mechanism for that. You have nothing inside of you that, that is a response to when the enemy tempts, to, tempts you. There's no response to when, when the enemy tries to come to you and kill, steal, and destroy, put something before you. You have no mechanism by doing that. You need a mechanism. You need a response for when the enemy comes at you that you can, you can tell him, no, that's not going to happen. Once upon a time, you had me sucked into that, but I'm not going back. There was a, 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 a guy in... And this is a while back, but he, he dealt with pornography, and he came to me after a message one time, and he said, Pastor Alex, I really deal with pornography, and I'm having an issue. I just feel like I just, I'm just tired of it. I keep on going back to it over and over again. And I said, okay, well, let me help you. Okay, so when is it that you're, you're, you're having a hard time? Okay, uh, it's when you're alone. Okay, I get that. All right, awesome. So where is it that where you're having this temptation? Well, um, it's, it's on my cell phone. I said, okay, all right, well, I got a pretty simple solution for you. Get rid of your smartphone. 
my smartphone. Not your smartphone? Would you rather go to hell or pluck, or pluck out your eye, cut off your arm? The Bible says if your hand offends you, if your eye offends you, pluck it out. Not literally. <laughs> Someone was telling me some guy tried to pull out his eyes because he was just sick of it. N no. Get rid of your smartphone and get a flip phone for crying out loud. Did you know that there was life before the phone? Did you know that you can write you can write with a pen and paper to do your stuff instead of typing on a computer. Did you know that that is possible? If it gets you free, why don't you get rid of it? Because sometimes the enemy's just got us locked in there that we need stuff. We don't need it if it causes us to sin. We don't need it if it causes us to sin. There was a young man. Who would, who would walk the same way home every single day after school. And he would go into this store and he would look on the magazine rack and he would see pornographic magazines and we'd just look at it. And he, one day he got fed up with it. He came to his pastor and he said, Pastor, I don't know what to do. I keep falling into this and I just am stuck. I don't know what to do. He said, okay, well, tell me. Well, this, I, every day after school, I go home and I go the same way and I go in the same store and I look on the same magazine rack and I know it's there and I just, I feel like I'm just messing up every time. Well, the pastor says, I got a good solution for you. Go a different way home. You have to have a response to the temptation in your life, ladies and gentlemen, because if you allow that desire, see, the enemy plays upon that need for fulfillment. The enemy plays on that need inside of you. And he knows how to tempt you. But if he knows that you're willing to do whatever it takes to be free, he's going to stop coming after you in that way. Praise the Lord. The next thing I see in this verse is that we need the spirit of God's help. You know... Our old, old men are dead. Your old man is dead. That sucker's in the ground. But sometimes he tries to crawl up that gravel and get out of the grave. Well, you just need to pray in the Holy Ghost, get filled with the Spirit, take your Holy Spirit shotgun and put some lead in that old man and tell him, I am not living unto the old man any longer. I live unto Jesus Christ, for I died with Christ and now I am alive with him again. We must live according to the Spirit. We need the Spirit's help to overcome temptation. You're not meant to do it alone. The Spirit of God would help you, strengthen you, empower you. You can live a victorious life. You can live a free life. You can live a life that doesn't give in to temptation. You can live that life. The fourth thing I see is found in verse 15. If we let it, desire will turn to sin. And give birth. Have a little baby. And before you know it, that baby grows. You know, if you, you just keep on chasing that carrot, you allow yourself to chase that carrot, allow yourself to keep on going after that thing, eventually it's going to give birth to sin. And when sin, when it is full grown, it brings forth death. If you just hang out there and allow that sin to rest in your life, it is going to keep on getting stronger. 
it is going to keep on growing. It is going to keep on getting bigger and bigger and bigger. What's that VeggieTales thing? It's like the rumor weed that just keeps on growing and growing and growing. Sin will just keep on growing in your life till before you know it, since you haven't repented, since you haven't come before the Lord and asked him to change that in you, to give you wisdom and revelation to change some things in your life. If you don't do that, before you know it, your heart gets hardened. And you do spiritually die. You die spiritually. Your heart doesn't beat for God anymore. Because you're so locked up in your sin because you weren't willing to get things right. You weren't willing to repent. We must repent. Somebody say repent. Repent. Because it's going to have a baby and it's going to grow. Jesus, help us. One thing I know is that God is stronger than any temptation. And I know that greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. And I know that at any time, God can help me get out of any situation. And I know that he is a big, big God. We need to come to him. The fifth thing I see in verse 16 and 17, that God is the author of good. Do not be deceived, my beloved brethren. Every good gift... And every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. God gives good gifts. He is a good God. He is a God that wants you to succeed. He's a God that has great plans for you. He's a God that wants to prosper you and not to harm you. He's a God that knows the details of your life, and he wants to come and give you freedom. He wants you to walk in purity. He wants you to walk in joy. He wants you to walk in strength. He wants you to walk in that life that he wants you to have. He wants you to walk in that. He doesn't want you to deal with the same things you're dealing with. And God doesn't change. He doesn't just change his mind. One day he's going to help you, and the next day he's not going to help you. One day he's going to give you the ability, and the next day he's not going to give the ability. Yes, we got to stay close to him. Yes, we have to pursue. Yes, we need to do our part. But God is not a man that he should lie. He is not one that has come to kill, still, and destroy like the devil. He's the one that's come to give life and life abundantly. That is God. He is a good God. And he gives good gifts. God is speaking to us today. Number one way God is speaking to us today is that we can endure temptation. If you'd pull up 1 Corinthians 10, verse 13, we can endure temptation. For no temptation has overtaken you except such as is common to man. But God is faithful. Somebody say, God is faithful. God is faithful who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. But with that temptation will also make the way of escape that you may be able to bear it. See, no matter what comes your way, no matter what kind of carrot the devil tries to hang out in front of you, no matter what might come in front of you, God always gives you an exit sign. He always gives you the opportunity to have your breakthrough. He always gives you the opportunity to overcome. Don't ever say, well, God, it's just too strong. No, it's not too strong because God is for you. And if God is for you, who can be against you? And the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you and he always gives an exit sign. Always. Joseph knew that when Potiphar's wife was standing before him. Lie with me, Joseph. And he wouldn't talk, she wasn't talking about taking a nap. 
Lie with me, Joseph. What did Joseph do? Oh, heck no, I'm out. You can have my coat. I'm out. Joseph knew. Joseph knew. Jezebel! No. I'm not giving in. There is always an exit sign. There's always an exit sign. When you sit down at your computer, there's always an exit sign. When you're at work, there's always an exit sign. When you're thinking that thought, there is always an exit. You can overcome. God always gives a way of escape. He always gives us an opportunity. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. The second thing is God doesn't tempt us to evil. The devil comes to kill, steal, and destroy, but not God. He doesn't solicit evil to us. He wants us to grow. He wants us to be built up. The third thing, Minister Micah, if you'd come, the third thing is to live by the Spirit. In Galatians 5.16, it says, I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. We need to walk according to the Spirit. You know, we leak. We need to be filled up because we leak. Before you know it, you're like, where did it all go? It's because you leak. You got a leaky hole or something. I don't know what you would call it. You're bleeding out, man. No. You're leaking. You got to get filled up every morning. We need God's help. We need God's help because we just walk on our own, man. We just mess up all kinds of ways. We're in a spiritual battle. The fourth way is that we need to repent and have accountability. Repent and have accountability. Husbands, you should be accountable to your wife. Wives, you should be accountable to your husbands. If I could just take a moment, because I did in the first service. You know, husbands and wives, your protection for each other. Your protection for each other. It is your responsibility to minister to your spouse. And I'm, and I'm using minister instead of using a different word. It is your responsibility to minister to your spouse. What are you saying, Pastor Alex? Yeah, I'm talking about sex, yo. Spouses. It is your responsibility to minister to your spouse. You say, what? where do you get that, Pastor Alex? Well, I know that the enemy comes to tempt. I just want to take a moment. Jeff, if you help me, 1 Corinthians chapter 7 and verse 5. Some people helped me after the first service because I was paraphrasing. 1 Corinthians chapter 7 and verse 5. Because, you know, this passage, it talks about, well, let's just read it, shall we? It's talking about fasting. Do not deprive one another except with consent. It's talking about having sex. Do not deprive one another except with consent for a time that you may give yourself to fasting and prayer. Now listen to this. Because it's important that you see this. Spouses. And come together again so that Satan does not tempt you because of your lack of self-control. Come together again. It's okay to take a time of separation when you're fasting in prayer. Some of you guys have been fasting and praying for 10 years. 
It's okay to take a time of separation for fasting and prayer, but what does it say? It says, come back together again. Why? So that the Satan cannot tempt your spouse. You need each other to minister to each other's needs. This is God speaking to us. This is not Pastor Alex. Oh, yeah, I just came up with this. This is awesome. And, and, and some people are afraid to accept this truth because they think their spouse is going to hold it over their head. No. We should love each other enough to minister to each other and see that the enemy would try and pick off our spouse. Anybody getting something here? You need to minister to your spouse. For you single people, God bless you. I was there. It's hard. But you can do it. You can do it. You don't have to give in. Wait. You can do it. There's nothing more satisfying than standing on your wedding day and knowing that you waited. I'll tell you something. I didn't say I love you to my wife till I was on my knee with a ring. Not one time did I say I love you until that day. Not one time did my lips touch her lips until the day that I said I do. There is nothing more satisfying, single people. You can wait. God will help you. God will help you. Can somebody say amen? Amen. So repent. Have accountability, husbands, wives. You guys can be accountable to each other, but I would say also have people around you that can pray for you. Single people, get somebody that you can be accountable to. Somebody more mature. See, accountability kind of gets a, a bad rap sometimes because some people aren't real accountability. But you got to find somebody who is not dealing with the same thing you're dealing with. Can I say it like that? Find somebody who is more mature, who's free, they can help you that when you're having an issue, you can call them on the phone. You can come over their, their house at any time of night and have them lay hands and pray and break that off of you. Anybody know what I'm saying? We all need people like that. We all need accountability. The fifth thing I see, that God is the author of good. He wants us all to walk in freedom. He's the true fulfiller of the desires. He is the true fulfiller of our desires. So do we, we don't have to be like that fly. It's so beautiful. <laughs> but God can fulfill that need that's on the inside of us. He is a good God, and he wants to do that for you. Can somebody say amen? amen. Come on, stand to your feet all across this place. Lift your hands to heaven. Just thank the Lord for everything he's done for you. Come on, just begin to express your praise and adoration your love and thanksgiving towards him. Oh, God, you're worthy. You're worthy, God. Oh, you're worthy, God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, you're a good God. You're a worthy God. Oh, we thank you, Lord, that you never leave us nor forsake us. Lord, that you always give us a way of escape. We bless your name today. Oh, God, we thank you. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you. Oh, we praise you, God. We praise you, Lord. 
You know, I believe today that God is working on people's hearts all across this place. God is working upon people's hearts. He's leading you to repentance today. Some of you have been walking in sin for far too long. And your heart is slipping and you need to come back to a right relationship with the Lord. Get right with God. Maybe you've been serving Him but you've been dabbling in sin. You know you need to get right. Just repent right now. Ask the Lord to forgive you. Ask Him to change you. Some of you guys need to set up mechanisms in your life, responses to when the enemy attacks you. Oh, God, help us. Lord, I just, I ask for forgiveness, Lord, anything on the inside of me. Lord, that desire that would try and chase after things, God, forgive me. Forgive me, Lord. Oh, God. Lord, help me. Help these. Help these and help me, God, to have right responses towards the enemy's temptation. Lord, we know that you're with us. We know that you're for us. God, give us wisdom. Give us understanding. Oh, God. Oh, God. Help us, Lord. We don't want to be like a dog that returns to vomit. We don't want to return to those things again. Today is the day of a new beginning, and we're not going back. We are not going back, Lord. We're not going back. Forgive us, God, for anything that we've done. With every head bowed and every eye closed all across this place, you might be here today and You've been serving Jesus for a long time, but you need to come home to him. You need to get right with him. Maybe you've never received Jesus before. Maybe, maybe you've been doing your whole thing, your, your own thing your whole life. And you say today, I, I want to serve Jesus. I want to live for Jesus. I want to experience that freedom, that life that he has for me. If that's you, I want to give you an opportunity today. I want to pray with you. If you know you need to get right with the Lord today, I'm going to ask you just to slip up your hand on the count of three. You need to get right with the Lord today on the count of three. Slip up your hand. One, two, three. All across this place. I see that hand. Is there anybody else? I see that hand. Anybody else? I see that hand. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Anybody else? I see that hand. God bless you. Anybody else? You need to get right with the Lord today. Praise God. Praise God. The Bible says if you confess with your mouth, that Jesus Christ is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. We're going to say a prayer, and I'm just going to ask you to repeat it after me. It's that confessing with their mouth, but it really comes down to you believing in your heart. So repeat after me. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, please forgive me for everything that I've done. I know you died on the cross for me so my sins could be forgiven. And I know you rose again so I could have eternal life. Thank you for loving me. And thank you for hearing my prayer. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. Just slip your hands to heaven. I'm going to pray for you. Holy Spirit, come. Touch these, Holy Ghost. Refresh these. Renew them today. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would pour out yourself on them today afresh. God, that you would move upon them in a fresh new way today. 
Holy Spirit, come. Touch these today. They need a fresh touch from you. I pray if any is not filled with the Holy Ghost, I pray that you'd fill them up today with the evidence of speaking in tongues. Holy Spirit, come. Oh, refresh these. Renew these today. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Can you put your hands together for God today? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want you to remain standing. Minister Mike is going to lead us in a word of prayer as our ushers come. They're going to, we've prepared communion today. We like to take communion on the first Sunday of every month. And our ushers are going to come. They're going to pass it out. You can stay right where you are and just worship with us today. And, uh, and just reflect on everything that God's done for you. Minister Mike, would you lead us as the ushers come? Oh, the blood. First Corinthians chapter 11 and verse 23, it's the institution of the Lord's Supper, and it says, For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. We symbolize with the cracker in your hand. Verse 24, And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. 
For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. Therefore, whoever eats this bread and drinks this cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner with a guilt, uh, with, will be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For he who eats and drinks in an unworthy manner eats and drinks judgment to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. I wanted to read it for one so you know where it's found. The other is so that you can see that there is a right way to receive communion and a wrong way to receive it. The right way is to receive it completely washed and clean and right before the Lord. The wrong way is to receive it in an unworthy manner, which means you're not repentant. And Pastor Daniel, he says that if, if you feel like you're just gonna, you know, you don't wanna turn to God, you don't wanna live for God, that's not your desire, then it's probably better that you don't take communion with us today. But if you want to receive it in a worthy manner, repent before the Lord. Make sure you're right before the Lord. Can we just examine ourselves one more time before we do that? Would you just examine your heart right now? Father, if there would be anything on the inside of me, you'd forgive me, Lord. Anything I said, anything I did. Any motivation of my heart that was not right, Lord. I want to receive it in a worthy manner, God. So on the night that Jesus was betrayed, he took the bread, which is symbolizing his body and the, the wine, or for us, the grape juice, which symbolizes his blood, and he blessed it. He said, this is my body, which is broken, my blood that was shed. And we do it to remember that he died on the cross for us that he paid the price for us. So Lord, today we do this in remembrance of you. God, we honor you today. Jesus, we thank you for the price that you paid for us, that we could be set free, that we could be delivered. I honor you today, God. Bless this time, bless this cup, bless this bread. In the name of Jesus, let's eat together. Let's drink together. Praise the Lord, you don't have to crack your cup. It's something we do to symbolize the curse of sin is broken. Would you take hands with a person nearby you today if uh, you don't have shrapnel in your hand? Praise the Lord. Pastor Vince, would you come and close us? I know you got to. Would you pray for your neighbor that God would strengthen them? that God would keep them, that God would help them to have good responses to the enemy's temptation. Amen. Come on, pray for us, Pastor Vince. Father, we thank you, Lord, for the message that we've received, God, that we have no excuse, Lord. Every temptation, Lord, that comes our way, you provide a way out, Lord. We see the right way. Let us walk there in it, God. If it's wrong, let us go another way, Lord. Let us go your way. You're the way, the truth, and the life. And you lead us in the paths of righteousness for your name's sake. Touch every heart. Touch every mind. Break every chain. Set every captive free. 
so that we can live our lives for you, God, to bring you glory, to bring you honor. Help us, God, to live for you each and every day of our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for coming. We'll see you tonight at 6 p.m. Don't forget, there's a commission leaders meeting tonight at 5 p.m. Commission leaders meeting tonight at 5 p.m. God bless you guys.